0: Welcome to another episode of Consensus Unreality Uh, This is episode... Three, three of season two. two. Um, Episode three. <laughs> this is going to be really fucked up. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're engaging um, one of the bigger satellites out there of ufology. Um, uh, some would say one of the driving creative forces of the mythography of uh, the contactee movement, um, oh, yeah. a bit of a guru, a kind of new spiritual leader in a way. Uh, yeah. Certainly a touchstone of um, the phenomena, as some would say, um, a a beacon to, I think, some contactees, um, and maybe a sinister uh, psyop to... Some other experiencers. Uh we're talking, of course, about Whitley Streber, the author of Communion among many, many other titles. Ben. <laughs>
1: yeah, this fucking my fucking internet's just like clicking and clacking. Why? Uh I don't I don't know. There's a big lightning storm and the internet sucks here. Um Yeah,
0: we we we're both like experiencing a crazy lightning storm, um, I have. I'm watching silently. Communion, um, which is streaming off of Jeff Bezos's new nightmare, and uh, right now Whitley Strieber is also experiencing a lightning storm at the cabin in the film Communion. Um, wow. Yeah. It, the the whole Strieber, uh, nexus, um, and we're going to talk about a bunch of different stuff, uh, in, including uh, works in collaboration with uh, Jeffrey Creipel, or Krippel. Um we're going to yeah. talk about some of the works of Jason Horsley uh, specifically Prisoner of Infinity and then I think for the Patreon we'll probably touch down to um, Vice of Kings and some some yeah. of that stuff concerning Alistair Crowley Peter Lavenda and uh, Kenneth Grant um, oh shit he just got he just got touched by the alien hand. What? God damn it. I'm not sleeping tonight. Uh,
1: have you seen it? You haven't seen that
0: before? No, I haven't watched communion yet. Cause it, Oh man. I, Strieber's whole thing. Like I've been, I've been, uh, really engaged. We both have in researching this episode. We've been super engaged in, you know, works talking about Streber, listening to Strieber speak on podcasts and interviews. And listening to Jason Horsley, I think who's kind of one of the main critiques of Streber that isn't the mainstream. Yeah. Just like this guy's insane, you know, which is also you know the really the more popular critique of Whitley Strieber. Um But it's right. a, it induces I a think very it's paranoid kind of, yeah. state. It
1: does. I something I like is that you kind of if you look at uh, Strieber's critiques of of Horsley you see like a few like uh, responses they're very similar to the critiques that like the mainstream culture has of streamer himself
0: yeah right 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 like right. saying like
1: this guy's obviously crazy like
0: <laughs> yeah
1: it, it's like <laughs> funny that there's like it like just like the same shit happens all the way to Hound
0: yeah um i think too like one thing that i i was kind of thinking about earlier um you know people kind of engage uh, these different strands of phenomena, phenomenology, the occult, um, the paranormal, uh, because of maybe experiences they have or they're kind of searching for meaning and then they get maybe attached to different brandings of, of meaning or different explanations. Um, yeah. And Schreber certainly is, is is willing to provide those explanations to people. Um, but one of which is, is certainly like, I think that, Ironically, what I've encountered in in both Horsley and Strieber's work is that, um, what Strieber calls the fly paper effect, um, which he mentions right. in that skeptical of black magic, yeah. yeah, right. They're they're both like, uh, very very um, against uh, dabblings in the occult, dabblings in the left hand path, to the point where right. Strieber says, you know. If you mess with this stuff, it sticks to you like flypaper. If a secret society messes with this stuff, it sticks to them. And if a nation messes with this stuff, it sticks to them and so on. Yeah, Um, it's
1: crazy. It's a good quote, too. He's such a good (laughs) writer.
0: Yes, yes. Um, He's
1: like, uh, he just has a, I mean, I think that's why he was so popular with his, with communion and then the other alien books, uh, because he just like conveys it so well.
0: He's a, he's a, he's a very talented writer. I mean, for sure. And I, before he wrote Communion, he was really getting popular in the science fiction field, which I think to anybody, well, horror, would, yeah, yeah, sci-fi horror, and and that would kind of create like a,
1: yeah, I'm sorry, this shit's going crazy over here. Sorry, it's like freezing and making these crazy like goblin voices between it
0: oh my god they're it's in like,
1: yeah um so we're getting uh, attacked over here um yeah
0: yeah we tried to re- we were going to record this on Monday and then my uh ra- <laughs> my router was not working when I came <laughs>
1: right uh. yeah so that's crazy I don't know there's something he's using his Gurdjieff magic to block our conversation
0: yeah um, so Strieber, I think a lot of people with, if they don't know about him, um, I guess let's do a little bit of a background. He's from Texas. Um, yeah. Uh, he later claims that he went to a school for special children, meaning like gifted, talented, gifted children, um, at the Randolph air force base, um, right. This is something that I don't know. When does he start to claim this? Like, kind of like after communion and stuff, he starts to have this as like a, a regression memory.
1: Yeah, well, it's before communion because it's in communion, so it's kind of just like, okay. Yeah. yeah, he wrote The Hunger, The Wolfen, uh, some other horror novels, like really like pretty pulpy stuff, but like Stephen King's, like you know that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, and it's funny too because uh, yeah, and then com- he
1: totally switched
0: communion reminds me a lot of of stephen king the way that king personified um like alcoholism in in horror um what we're going to talk a lot about probably is is the idea that streber might be personifying uh childhood trauma um through the lens of this cosmic um contact you know which is what basically where horsley kind of lands
1: Right, um, and yeah, Horsley's book is really fascinating. Um, it it's kind of like half memoir, half like critique of of Strieber and the UFO phenomenon and sci-fi at large. And I mean, we we talked to him about it when we interviewed him uh, a while ago, and. It's just, it's a really fascinating book, but it definitely, I feel like it has, it's not like an axe to grind, then like, a, it has a perspective that's pretty solid.
0: Yeah. He's he's um, a very interesting character, too, uh, and I think you'll find, I mean, just a little bit of a disclaimer, like, there are certainly things in Horsley's work, like, we don't full-heartedly agree with these people to which we're talking about, um, but... Okay. You know, anyway, like uh, I think he's interesting because um, he he writes about people that he at one point looked up to and was kind of really interested in their work and their experiences and probably right. identified with them a lot. I think that he felt that yeah. he had similar experiences to Whitley Strieber, being that they were very real. Um, you know, experiences of contact with alien entities in very physical ways, um, and experiencing the paranormal effects of this, um, to which Strieber's experiences go in all different sorts of directions, uh, in terms of like afterlife contact and, um, you know, uh, dealings in the astral plane and, and almost like remote viewing and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But Horsley goes on to then critique these, um, these kind of like titans that he, uh, you know, once really was inspired by, like Crowley and like Strieber and, and Lavenda as well.
1: And, uh, Castaneda too.
0: Castaneda, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, right. And yeah, he kind of comes at them in the way only a person who once loved their work could.
0: hmm. hmm.
1: Um, kind of like how i feel about i can't think of anyone actually um yeah so yeah i wonder um if we could start getting into uh you know streber's um the inconsistencies of his of his story because he kind of has this life narrative yeah that's one of the things right that's one of the things horsley uh one of the things Horsley in Prisoner of Infinity kind of picks apart are these like weird little subtle changes to his narrative, right? Which Strieber, like, in an inter- he like in an interview or something, would say like, "Well, everyone like change, like, you know, memories change, like, yeah, you know, it's not like, and, and that's also true." So like, but yeah, it's kind of like some of these are very interesting uh, the the, inconsistencies.
0: The fluidity of his memory is is something that he openly admits, openly works with, and, you know, he kind of claims that there are screen memories, um, there are repressed memories that he only gains through, uh, hypnotic regression, um, so right. even, like, chronicling his, um, his own personal recounting of his, his abduction and contact experiences, um, would be kind of a crazy task with a lot of footnotes, um, but I think right before, like, before we get into really more of the critique, I think we should kind of assume that maybe some of our listeners just don't even know who Whitley Strieber is. Um, who? Who is that? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I think uh, there's people who, who listen to no, us who sure. probably don't really even know too, too much about, you know, these specific stories and stuff. Um, right, for sure. And, you know, if, if that's you, like, why the hell should you know who Schreiber is? I don't fucking know, but um, because he's crazy. <laughs> he he's basically the progenitor of the gray alien image. Um, he is. yeah. I mean, the the entire I, yeah. myth mythology and mythography of of uh the the gray really kind of spawns out of. Um, Streber and also the sort of invasive elements of contact, especially like things like the probe, you know, that which is par- right. parodied in South Park and stuff. It comes right directly right. out of Streber's stuff.
1: I know. That's crazy how that, it's like, because you knew about that before you knew about Streber.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Wait,
1: hold on a so I think uh, if we want to maybe cut this part out, I'm going to move to a different room because this is too frustrating.
0: Yes, yeah, so um, yeah, we have Strieber, the the progenitor of the gray image. Um, yep, and it's it's not that simple. um when you get into the books and when you really start to read the books, um, he's contacted by a host of different imagery and and there's very close ties to um fairy lore right <laughs> and I, I kind of wonder. If the whole idea of making the connection between fairies and um, the abduction thing, it, where does where's the chicken or the egg for that? Is it Strieber? Is it Jacques Vallee? Um, is it kind of just a natural progression that Strieber as a writer or as a creative mind, makes in in, in either of these experiences? Um, or in, in the lie, I'm not saying that this is a lie. I I don't really know. I mean, I think that's kind of why this is one of the most interesting, like wormholes of this whole subject is because in the end of it, I mean, not to spoil this story, we're not like a guessing podcast, but I don't, I don't Uh, know if he's lying, you know, he's right. I have no idea. You can't really tell. And the story is so insane. There's so many inconsistencies that common sense would of course say he's lying he's lying but right. but it's like once we get into the depth of these stories it's like how could this possibly be a lie how could he be so trusted in the field how how could he write about his his all this contact with his wife um in the afterlife and all this weird stuff right. like it, it i don't know yeah. like to be that you know, foolproof and dis in, in being disingenuine would be like some, you know, diabolical level. Um, it would be
1: good. It would be, yeah, that's like, uh, almost not even like a person, (laughs) It's just like this crazy magician of lies. Yeah. And Um, I mean,
0: certainly the field of psychology would argue that that exists. Um, right. And and there's also the angle, you know, that this is part of some grander, Psyop, whether Whitley Strieber is a useful right. tool in that PSYOP or not, um, is is a large part of the debate. Um and I think people would ask like well why would you want to create a psyop where you're, you know, basically having this guy have these abduction experiences and he's gonna put that out there. Well, in that way, um which a lot of people, you know, point out, specifically Horsley and, and some others, is that, you know, like, the having these sort of UFO um, alien abduction experiences within the United States kind of... Um, it empowers and solidifies the United States' like technical technological prowess. Um, it reinforces ideas that, you know, we've been in contact with these beings, therefore we have, like... Um, advanced technology um I think it also kind of philosophically um creates that complex where it's like it reifies capitalism you know because we're we're driving essentially towards the cosmos you know we're right, we're true. we're innovating so that we can become the star child of two thousand one you know right um yeah
1: yeah no i <laughs> I think that all makes a lot of sense and is a good summation of kind of like the the back and forth on the Horsley thing that a lot of people yeah the Horsley uh critique of Schrieber I guess um at least it's what I'm having in my mind is like um is this like a sort of case closed kind of situation or is this sort of just like another layer on top of this
0: I'm sorry you were saying another layer on top of what
1: uh, on top of the, like the same Strieber mystery
0: uh, yeah um, I that is one thing I do feel kind of certain of is that uh, Horsley and Strieber are almost like um, ping pong each other you know in a way where yeah. they they're even if Horsley's attempt is, is to sort of deconstruct this narrative, he's really only adding to it in a weird way. Um, right. Because yeah. his his own arguments are so personalized. So he just becomes another node of Strieber's right. nexus, which is just really bizarre in itself.
1: And it's, it's interesting what that nexus like includes, um, because he also has this sort of environmentalist angle on him, which kind of like, uh, like he wrote the the here he co-wrote at least the book that would end up becoming the day after tomorrow film mm-hmm. and that feels like at least in in uh horsley's book about it a pretty essential part of this transhumanist thing that is being sort of psyoped into us
0: right and that's so,
1: Strieber fits it's sort of like he fits the profile i guess that yeah
0: yeah right right and that's also sort of the argument as to why why would this want to be why would you want to create this sort of strange psyop um, is is the idea that Horsley posits that um, disassociation uh, is is a driving force towards transhumanism um, right and there's a transhumanist agenda sort
1: of yeah like the whole book is sort of about disassociation this, this association as a sort of a root cause of a lot of this like what did he call this uh the second matrix or something like that right um like this conspiracy culture yeah um that yeah that like um i lost my train of thought but um yeah, Horsley has this this perspective that by applying depth like depth psychology and Jungian uh, psychoanalysis, you can kind of get to the the bottom of what's going on with Streber to a certain extent.
0: Yeah, he's he's applying it, but in in a way that um, he believes that those types of psychology are used and exploited by um, people trying to weaponize the mind, essentially. Right, um, it's true like um you know the trauma mapping uh the other um through what what is it called when you when you sort of have this like defensive self um, through experiencing trauma um, the mind creates a sort of like uh,
1: like a guardian
0: yeah like a like a hyper self or a hyper guardian um, which is like um, a, a psyche defense yeah what does
1: he call that Uh, he he quotes that guy cowshed a lot Uh, he's a a psychologist who's very interesting actually Um, but what does he call uh, Orpha? the organizing life principle I guess Mm -hmm. is one of the terms so that's it'll just sort of like come up and be this sort of uh, protective thing for like the child who experiences trauma and then later in life it can become like almost like a devil entity as well. And it becomes this like dominating thing as a, instead of a protective thing.
0: Right. And it's also it like traps you. Yeah. It's a, it's a place where you project this trauma at an early age onto yeah. um, some realm of the supernatural and that sort of mythology develops and stays. I guess this is what, right. what is called in prisoner of infinity, the crucial fiction
1: yeah yeah i love that concept though i mean it's like you know kind of like a pun or whatever but um yeah the idea that you like like people who experience this sort of like self scattering trauma will create these narratives that explain their lives um and like the parts of their lives that don't fit
0: yeah essentially um really concentrating on uh you know, children creating a crucial fiction, um, to help them through pain and trauma, um, and to resolve the tension of that. Um, and you know, if you're a child who is experienced extreme pain and trauma, um, you know, specifically like Strieber claims to have, uh, right. Then you might create this extreme, uh, explanation of supernatural phenomena, where it could have been some some worldly traumatic experience, and that gets back to what we were talking about earlier, of Schreber yeah. claiming that he was enrolled in a special school, which could have been a special program. Um, yeah. There's weird connections to MK Ultra there uh, as well in in Texas, um, Jolly and Wilson, Frank. the sort yeah. of uh, west. I always do that. God damn it, Jolly and Jolly and West.
1: You're confusing him with uh, Murray Will- Wilson, the uh, Beach Boys dad.
0: Right, right, sure. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, J- Jolly and West was was sort of like the American uh, manjily kind of like I don't know if 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 he on record you know did the sort of like horrors that uh, well maybe
1: did. like of the mind like yeah. it was he was just like the whole Jack Ruby thing. And like all these like people who are like these crazy, like fucking fugue state killers.
0: Yeah. Um, he, he really associated with all of them. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if the the angel of death comp is maybe a little too heavy handed, but like, um, he, he was really focused on controlling the human mind. Um, and yeah. he, if anybody's seen the film, Jacob's ladder where they sort of, uh, uh, experimented on American soldiers who had testimony of using these crazy, um, right. Chemical weapons in, in Korea and Vietnam and stuff. I think, um, they came back and then Jolly West's program was used to sort of like erase those memories or,
1: uh, is there a remake of that movie? Uh,
0: I don't know. Uh, but that's kind of what Jacob's Ladder is, 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 uh, in reference to, um, pretty haunted right, right. I, I just can't remember there's kind of a laundry list of, of uh, Jolly and West stuff um, and he's mentioned yeah. in the, in the uh, chaos book as well he's, he's really sort of the, the, the keeper of the MK Ultra program um, but yeah he's, he's in Texas so people speculate that uh, possibly Streber was um, involved in some uh, manipulative MK Ultra program um there's there's he claims that he was, you know, put in into this thing called a Skinner box um which is where right. you're basically in a very uh small um sensory deprivation room um kind of shoulder to shoulder crammed in with other people and exposed to like uh you know, loud traumatic sounds and stuff and it's supposed to be this sort of like Trauma-forming um, experimental chamber, essentially. Um, right. I mean, it wasn't pitched as that, obviously. But, but
1: it that's was not gone, pitched but, as that no. to his parents. <laughs> yeah. No, that, right, that, that's yeah. true. I don't think it's a trauma-forming a... box. <laughs>
0: I mean, this whole like this whole fucking topic is—it's so dark and and um, yeah, it's—it really puts you in like a paranoid kind of frame of of mind. Um,
1: yeah, man fucking lightning here and like keep getting flashes like the electricity is like getting surged or something
0: yeah um, it's it's interesting because i was thinking about again like you know w- consensus on reality is, is certainly more about just like people's weird stories i think you know and yeah, when yeah. we say we're like researchers we're, we're really just like reading about people's accounts of their weird yeah, stories yeah. you know i don't think we're we're not the the kind of people to you know go ahead and claim that uh we have some sort of answer or like theory to as to why these things are happening or whatever um
1: right it's all anti-communism
0: right I and mean, i don't know if i'll ever get there uh we talk about a lot of people who do but you yeah know, yeah i think a whole part of the thing is the reality tunnels of engaging certain topics and um you know, when you enter the, the Strieber Horsley reality tunnel of like trauma mapping and, and, and like rooting, um, you know, these disassociative states and, and whether people's experiences are real or not. And if they are real, God damn it, they're insane and really fucked up. And if they're not, that's fucked up. (laughs) I feel like
1: Jason Horsley would be very upset at having been included in, uh, the Horsley Streber reality thing. <laughs> like he, I feel like where he's at now is very, very different than where he was when he was writing uh,
0: that book. It's he's yeah, it's so interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I think he's like a he's definitely an important voice currently and I, I, don't, I don't say that you know people give the cadence of like an important voice meaning like you should fucking believe this person no I think like yeah. his opinions on stuff are like uh, are important because he doesn't he's not just kind of like propagating some story you know he's really like an right. ant- antithesis to a lot of stories um, yeah which I think is important because these things need to be analyzed and like kind of broken down
1: Right he is he's kinda of like a dissolving agent or something.
0: Yeah. And it, it's better than just being like, Well, I either do or don't believe Whitley Strieber. Well, it's like you know, what is this even? Like what why did he right. why did he see these like Tommy Knocker, um, blue cobalt goblins like
1: Love those guys.
0: In in New York at the cabin. And and why why is there that folklore already there <laughs> through like rump, <laughs> Stiltskid, you know or rip, sure. rip 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 yeah i can talk rip van yeah, Winkle. Rip,
1: rip 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 ran wrinkle um yeah it's so interesting like is there some sort of like yeah geography or even like geology bound like aspects to it where like you'll see certain things in certain places like that's like the missing four on one thing about quartz or whatever. Like these weird things happen with like big quartz deposits, but like, you know, not like that exactly. <laughs> yeah, and the like way, that's
0: uh, yeah. The way it's in Valley. It wait like his Whitley Strieber's experiences waver between the physical, the transcendental, um, right, and memory. You know, like it's it's such a minefield. It's like. I, I don't know in that way, maybe it is a psyop because if you're looking at it, it's like a hyper object where, um, you know, to, it's like a mirror. It's like looking at a mirror yeah. where if you start to try and decipher these experiences, you, you start to kind of reflect them upon yourself and your own <laughs> experiences or something. I'm, I don't know.
1: Right. Something I think is really interesting about, uh, like the streamer's arc is how, like, he started, like, in the 60s or 70s as, like, a Gurdjieff disciple, Mm -hmm. right, who was also a, a horror writer. And then, like, when he was in his UFO communion period, he kind of distanced himself from the Gurdjieff thing. But now, like, in some of his more recent books, he's talking about, like, how using the Gurdjieff meditation process was, like, how he was able to contact these beings at all. So it's just, like, he kind of, like, went away and then came back to... You know the Gurdjieffian, uh thing.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, there's certainly like an element of him that see that comes off snake oily, you know. Um,
1: right. I mean, I'm not even accusing him of being like disingenuous. He might have he might have like actually not. Like I don't know. I don't know if he was hiding the Gurdjieff connection or like if like his publisher thought it was like better to hide that because it would make him seem kooky. Like who knows.
0: Well, let's kind of get into some of the specifics then about the inconsistencies in his memories and stuff. Um, I, I think it may, maybe it's a good time to point some of those out.
1: Yeah. Um, and this has been done... Uh, there's this blog... Or, I don't know, the guy kind of disappeared, then he came back, but he's not really into the same stuff anymore. But Dream's End is this blog, and he did... Some really, really incredible work on, or he or she, I guess I don't know, but really incredible work on Strieber, on like Project Bluebird, like MKUltra adjacent mind control projects. And he wrote this very, like, I think probably like influential on Horsley, this article, um, Whitley Strieber and the Paradigm of Doom, I think it's called. And that's where like a lot of these sort of like, I think like a lot of that was original research by this person. And a lot of Horsley stuff is original research too, but they're kind of like these, you know, they're part of the same tradition of critique. And some of the main things are Streber saying he was never really exposed to UFO and alien stuff before he wrote communion. Like, he kind of put on this guise of being, like, aliens, this is the last thing I would have ever thought to write about. To being, like, you know, having all this knowledge suddenly about all this stuff, and, like, all these mystical uh, parallels. So, that's, like, one of the big ones. Um, Then you have his, like, weird year in 1968, Hmm. where he was in England, Europe, like, Maybe hanging out with the process church. Uh,
0: well, he was like doing it, he was making a documentary on the process.
1: Right. Or he was hanging out with the guy who was, or he, what was he doing? Was I he think writing it? He's like credited
0: uh, on it because apparently Strieber went to film school. Like, he's it's weird because right, he graduated yeah. from like three different universities, which doesn't really make sense. Um,
1: it makes sense for like an intelligence agent.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um,
1: Right, so that's another thing, which is that in his first book, in his bio, only in the first edition, it says he's also done work in intelligence. Like, there's a picture of this, like, bio from, like, the first edition of, like, The Hunger or The Wolfen or something. And then it's in, it's in no subsequent, like, dust covers. It's, like, never mentioned again. <laughs> um, and his father was intelligence. And, like, so he kind of comes from this intelligence milieu. Um, so that's another inconsistency: is what his actual relationship to U.S. intelligence agencies is, what we, what he was doing traveling around in '68. Because it kind of seems like he was just traveling around, like,
0: yeah. right? Yeah, it's
1: like yeah. And the the story evolves in his books. Like, it's one thing in transformation; it's another thing in solving the communion enigma; it's another thing in the secret school. Like, it kind of like goes through these. mutations of like what actually happened and he's always talking about like how he doesn't really remember much of that year like suddenly months had passed like that kind of
0: thing he has some weird contact experiences in that too where he's kind of like forced to be intimate with uh an alien but that only later is is written in in the way that it's an alien like initially i think he writes about it and he says that he was like forced by a group of individuals to be intimate yeah. with a woman um
1: right and i think you
0: mentioned in that story pain too uh,
1: yeah. which is like this early horse or uh, this early streamer short story like a fiction uh story that Horsley mentions um, like the parallels in this horror story I think it was, like, even included in, like, an anthology. Like, it was, like, you know, a red horror story. Like people knew about it. And a lot of what happens to the character in that is sort of, like, what maybe Strieber was experiencing in Europe.
0: I'm, like, reading reading some of the quotes I wrote down from the way that Strieber writes um, in retrospect about some of the more sexual contact experiences, and, and a great deal of them are, like... You know, yeah, like most of them. I would. The whole thing is kind of primarily focused around uh, physical sexual experiences, which makes right, it a, for a very odd read. And um,
1: violence too, like those yeah. two things. Like it's always like these like crazy things that happen to him that like seem like disablingly violent. Yeah. And then he like he's like and then I woke up but I was fine. Right. Or like
0: right. Which, He had like an. But implant. it wasn't a dream. Yeah, he claimed to have like an implant behind his ear, Um, and then I guess he did. Yeah, it was with like Doctor Lear, who was this guy. (laughs) It was this guy who would be on coast to coast a lot, and
1: Lear is awesome. And I know someone who like was family friends with him.
0: That's crazy.
1: And he was, and nobody knew about this. Like in the, they're just like, and then like when he passed away, and like all these UFO people came to the funeral. Yeah, they're like, what? (laughs) He was like a podiatrist.
0: Right. He would just remove, like, surface-level invasive objects from contact beams. Yeah, would right? Yeah, the, and then they would kind of test them f- to see if they were, like, uh, irradiating. Um, or... It was
1: always something a little weird, too, right? Like, it was always, like, I remember so many, like, Discovery and History Channel documentaries. Uh, documentaries where they, <laughs> like, interview Lear and, like, show him doing these. like they like drag it out over the whole episode and then at the end they're finally like and it turns out it was a very strange kind of like iron Mm -hmm. yeah like it's never like this like revelation it's always just like slightly weird
0: yeah i don't know man that's was i I breaking up there no 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 all
1: right because you're yeah this like i swear to god there's like little like gremlin voices like every time the screen freezes
0: Cobalt's the uh
1: it sounds like they're, they're like mumbling is
0: yeah. it a coterie of trolls yeah it's a little down?
1: like fucking little like small host of trolls
0: yeah jesus um yeah so i like i i'm pretty much done with supernatural um which is Go chapter for chapter, it's Whitley Streber talking going over a lot of his experiences and then Jeffrey Cripel or Kreepel, I don't remember how to say his name. I think it's
1: Cryple or Cripel <laughs> Damn, I don't even remember.
0: I think it's Cripel. But um Yeah, I
1: think so it is, yeah.
0: But uh so Cripel is like a scholar of uh theology, um, which I guess makes him a theologian, if is that correct?
1: I guess so. Well, he's a professor of, like, religious. Yeah. Uh, and,
0: sure and he's kind of analyzing um, Strieber's experiences from that lens um, and uh, kind of relating them to his own uh, experiences. Uh, it's a pretty right. interesting And, like, book.
1: historical figures right
0: yeah for sure for sure i mean it yeah
1: the history of mysticism and stuff he's actually like what's interesting about kripal and this whole thing is that he was like sort of like the inciting thing that made horsley write prisoner of infinity right
0: yeah because they had like a correspondence
1: right and like i guess like horsley fundamentally disagreed with this idea that trauma is like a gateway to
0: transcendence
1: to transcendence and like the supernatural as well,
0: um, right, right, or
1: like you know both. He thought um, it, he
0: thinks it creates a sort of like false construct,
1: right. And that's like so interesting because that is tribal's uh, sort of main academic like thing. Like he writes about that in all of his books, pretty much. And I also feel like it's popularly kind of accepted as like a sort of innate truth, right
0: uh like i guess so i mean
1: like like for instance like carrie like stephen king's carrie like as this like person who had to go through this like horrible like trauma at the hands of her classmates and then she like that like unlocked some sort of force within her or something right
0: Yeah, I mean, there's certainly the uh, agony and ecstasy of Christianity. um, Right, that too. All of the Christian, a lot of the Christian martyrs, you know.
1: I just feel like there's like a sort of archetype of like the person who is like depressed or like hurt somehow or like even like partially disabled, like um, having like sort of like mystical powers
0: isn't that like essentially Joseph Campbell's hero's journey though, in a lot of ways, you know, and which it which right. also Horsley talks about.
1: Yeah. It's like kind of like,
0: sorry, you're breaking up there a little it's bit. It's like
1: an integral part of the culture. Yeah, I guess it's like an integral part of the, of the culture.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. And but I mean, yeah, it, Campbell, like yeah. game of Thrones <laughs> right, game of Thrones. Yeah, for sure it's 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 almost like uh i don't know it's i i feel like that is just kind of inherent though that like struggle brings strength you know and and stuff like that Um, totally uh
1: yeah it's like a it's like a sub species of that like truism yeah
0: yeah but there there is certainly an idea in in schreber's work that like this this trauma is responsible for like his his ability to transcend into these other realms and then you know that that's kind of gets bounced off the idea of Horsley's that you know intelligence agencies truly believe that or you know not even just intelligence agencies but you know sinister uh forces um <laughs> yeah but the thought you know found ways to essentially weaponize these different states of consciousness which isn't even necessarily right. and, supernatural yeah. that's just kind of like in the realm of the human mind
1: right for sure and i think we see this like i feel like this is just coming up in the past like 10 years or so like in the conspiracy theory or you know for lack of a better term uh, community like that the reason these massive psyops are happening like people like like i, I you know don't take this as necessarily my opinion although maybe it is uh, like 911 or like uh the challenger explosion or like these like massive spectacles that traumatize like generations are like being used as like a form of control right
0: mm-hmm.
1: or like the kennedy assassination like that's sort of like the grand conspiracy version of the same thing that intelligence agencies or whatever are using, you know, trauma as a means of mind control. Like that's what they discovered in MKUltra. Not that drugs would do it, but that drugs led easier to like this trauma state right. or so they helped, like they increased the efficacy of like, of that. That's like the, I feel like that's like the most pessimistic possible interpretation of, mk ultra like even though it's like bad no matter how
0: you cut it <laughs> yeah you're right exactly um yeah, which is also a big part of horsley's uh hypothesis is that psychedelics are inherently um <laughs> like a traumatic traumatic experience and that are right you know not good for you um which i think a lot of you know a lot of people would argue differently and then maybe Horsley would say that that's creating a sort of false disassociative state and and all that etc i mean it's 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 it's, we're kind of talking about this stuff in a lot of ways and i feel like if people are listening to this like we're saying a lot of things that are from the perspective (laughs) of somebody like Horsley where it's like we don't I don't necessarily identify with these like very right. paranoid states of thinking about this kind of stuff. And I and necessarily, right. I don't, I often don't want to, I mean, it's not what draws me to it because it just kind of makes you, uh, it's almost like fear porn in a lot of ways, you know? Um,
1: yeah. On the other hand, like <laughs> I like, it doesn't take much for me. I would. It wouldn't be that far for me to step and for me to think that, that's all true like
0: i i hear you man yeah yeah
1: like but right i have to i have to for my own personal sake not (laughs) adhere to that right 100 or i would not know what to do like
0: yeah yeah um i'm I'm sure like uh, there are a lot of people like a lot of other podcasts and stuff like talk about streber and, and maybe have like a good time like laughing about these like stories and stuff but it's yeah I don't know man. It's it's a it's a pretty dark tale he weaves. Right, and that's what's so weird
1: about it because uh maybe it's just me and tell me if you feel the same way. But like when I think of Whitley Strieber, I don't think of someone who's writing these like really extremely dark books that like you don't want to read before you go to sleep i think of sort of like more of like a not new agey but like more like light and vibes kind of guy and i don't know why like that image is in my head like it's kind of like oh, split from like what he's actually writing about which is often like about total lack of control over your own life and like physical invasion
0: oh my god the the alien scene in the gray scene in a. Uh... In, in the communion film is really pretty scary, actually. They achieved something pretty terrifying there with some simple special effects.
1: I love the special effects in that movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm sorry. I yeah. didn't mean
0: to switch gears on you. Um, no,
1: no. Yeah. It's so funny that you're watching it while well, I'm talking about
0: this. Um, I kind of like, like to put myself in these, like, you know, really in the zone of what we're talking about, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. Like a sensational
0: double exactly but this is like not a great one to be in because it's it's like it's pretty terrifying stuff like if you were actually if you kind of put yourself for a moment to believe Strieber, then it's like it's really terrifying and and life ruining and the only way to come out of it alive (laughs) alive essentially is to transform it into something so completely transcendental um, which is maybe what happened Um, right I think that you know, some people might just say, "Well, this guy's a son, uh, you know was a horror writer, and then he just learned that you could exploit people by telling them lies in a nonfiction form and create a sensation and sell right. a lot of books." And I mean, this guy like exposed himself to a a world of ridicule for writing this stuff. Like his his he, he couldn't report and like uh, a, a stolen car to the local police. You know, like the cops would be like oh you're that what what did aliens take it you know like
1: yeah (laughs) and he he had
0: his kid probably had gotten a ton of shit um he kind of talks about it lightly you know when when his kid would hang out with other kids he'd be like you know put put away the ufo books or whatever um yeah the ridicule is like not something that somebody who was already relatively successful like i think hunger hunger had a film based on it before he even wrote communion right and like yeah
1: and fucking david bowie was in
0: it like right exactly yeah so this like he was doing okay yeah there's no reason to sort of like create this lie as a a means of creating success because he already had attained that level of of success um so then there's two other directions there which you could believe that he's telling the truth Or at least some personal truth in the way that he knows it to be, which could be from a very fragmented mind, um, whether a a product of fractured psychology or of, uh, you know, some insane, phenomenal experiences. Um, or or there's the other idea that, you know, maybe Whitley Strieber is not even a real person and he's an intelligence agent or, you know, something, but
1: right. If anybody, like, I don't know, if anybody in this field was made up I feel like the guy named Whitley Schreiber might be (laughs) might be the spy. But then again you know there's uh, there's some weird weird fucking dudes in this. Uh, Who's the guy that the, the hypnotist who wrote Missing Time. Why am I blanking on this? He's like A huge name that I've read. The
0: dude who who hypnotized Strieber?
1: Yeah, he worked with Strieber later and he wrote a book called Missing Time. I don't think he was the first hypnotist to that, but Bud Hopkins.
0: Bud Hopkins, right. Right, right. So, like,
1: all that is uh, all of that was just to say that Bud Hopkins also sounds like a fake name. (laughs) 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 Um,. (laughs) No, not really. These are all real people, obviously. But when you know that, like, guys like Richard Doty are like out there, like, just like building entire mythologies and watching what happens when people believe
0: that it's the truth,
1: like, then maybe like Whitley being like a lifetime actor or whatever isn't such a surprise.
0: Or even in in like, um, if you believe that, what's his name is writing true stories uh, in like empire of the wheel you know he writes about like these um crazy agents who had like double lives you know and who would infiltrated right. um, all these scenes but you know were essentially somebody else somewhere else um i don't know man it's it's really uh some creepy stuff um it's crazy and schrieber's still going i mean he's he's still everywhere like he was just on the he goes on the speaking uh, speaking Young podcast and he's on every right. he's on Coast to Coast. That's kind of where I first got um familiar with Streiber was his appearances on Coast to Coast when I was listening like, you know, 12 years ago or something. Right. Um <laughs> yeah. And I think at that time they it, like he was um writing a book with uh Nap George Nap about uh, the coming solar flare or something, you know. I'm sorry, you, right? Wasn't not...
1: that uh, George Nori?
0: Was it him and Nori w- wrote a book? I I almost I was gonna I say so. no, no. I think you're right. I was gonna say Nori, but then it sounded too ridiculous, actually. But it was Nori. Yeah. George Knapp did. I mean, yeah, it would. Yeah,
1: it would make sense. If it was either of them, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this internet's doing bad things right now.
0: And um, and, and back then, I kind of just immediately thought, like, this Whitley Strieber guy, like, right. who is this fucking snake oil salesman? You know, like, I don't.
1: Yeah, I just can't. I feel like it, he might be one of those guys who, like, right when he was about to die, will be like, it was none of it was true.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe, man, and it maybe that, but maybe not. Maybe that's the game. I don't know, but he's just such a such a good liar. If that's the case, um,
1: right? That's like he's an exceptional,
0: but exceptional liar.
1: I, I kind of, I like. I'm literally, you know, what ten or fifteen years after I first heard of him, I'm still like a hundred percent fifty fifty on whether or not I think he's telling the truth.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah.
1: Like I just have no idea. Yeah. But his you know, he added to the culture something no one else has, like no one else in the UFO field has added as much. I like I can't think of anyone.
0: No, certainly not. Certainly not. I mean
1: you could make the argument for like people who like did more researchy stuff, like John Mack or like Bellet or like George Knapp even like facilitating the Bob Lazar story, but Strieber just like beats them all in terms of actually like influencing the larger culture.
0: The mythology of it, um, you know. Right. Uh and kind of like the the progression of the contact E movement out of this sort of like peaceful Space Brothers thing. Yeah. Um, where people are coming out of their ships with flowing long hair and they're like, Hey man, you gotta stop those nukes. Um that's not what Strieber encountered. Uh, Strieber encountered some something very different, um, and after that, a whole bunch of other people did. You know,
1: right? He's so interesting because he. I feel like one of the main motifs in all of his writings are like this, like combination of beauty and terror, sort of.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the, some of the quotes. Um, that he has when he's describing some of the encounters, he's like nakedness in preparation for contact, delicious agony, right. Vulnerable like describing extreme States, spiritual States of vulnerability and delight, um, pleasure and helplessness. Like it's, it's always kind of that dichotomy of fear and desire, you know, it's, it's right. o- it's I almost mean, like a, a. I think psych- it all
1: comes down to. Uh, like like sex and death.
0: Right. It's like a psychologist's like dream. Honestly.
1: I feel like somehow you're like. One second. In the future, with this like there's like a weird delay going on.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man.
1: Um. Anyway. Yeah, I mean. And that's sort of a big part of Horsley's sort of fixation, too, is just, like, sex and death. I mean, death, I feel like it's represented by, like, trauma, maybe.
0: Right. They're both uh, two, being, yeah. two writers very focused on physical experience with the supernatural, Um Right. Whether it be you know Horsley's perspective of f- you know past physical trauma um or you know or violent trauma um informing you know regressive spiritual explanations um or or even transcendental states yeah. uh and Strieber's contact experiences are always you know very physical uh
1: yeah they're I mean, and he always says that thing about how he was going to originally call communion body horror. (laughs) So it's Um, it's insane. But he says it so many times, like in almost every interview, and it's like, I I don't know, that feels like a kind of like trigger wordy kind of thing. (laughs) Like like, that's like some sort of like code he's putting out there.
0: Dude, what a what a! I mean, I think we can safely land, um, land our Streber episode a little bit now because we're about at the hour mark, and you know we'll, yeah, we're we're yeah. gonna bounce over to the Patreon soonish, um, and go go into some different levels I there.
1: Like we've, I feel like we barely scratched the surface though, too, which is like so interesting about this guy because yeah. he's just like a dude who writes horror novels and alien books. <laughs>
0: It's so but much like, more though. There's so much more than that. I know,
1: but he's like this total enigma. And yes, I that's, guess his last that's what book, he last is. Book was he he just put out a book on Jesus. Like,
0: right, right, right. Yeah.
1: Which I kind of feel like he like thinks of as like sort of like a big right turn, but which like or, or left turn? I guess right turn would be. And it is a right turn. It's like it's like it's an expected thing. It's kind of like a. You kind of knew it was
0: coming. And it, that's that's an odd connection, too, because from what I gather, it seems like Horsley is, is kind of more informed by, like, Christianity now as well. I think on a recent episode I listened to him and he was talking about celebrating Lent. I don't know if that was just an observation of traditions or if he was actually... Uh, is is kind of, like, moving towards more traditional Judeo-Christian um, beliefs and stuff, but that, w- that seems to uh, makes sense. Um, I think so. And, and Streber is kind of like orbiting the writings about Jesus Christ in the way that this was a real figure who was sort of like a mystic. Um, and I think he's writing about it in a way that he can, you know, relate his own experiences. Um, which again, seems kind of snake oily a little bit. Um, just kind of expanding to a new audience who's already indoctrinated to one thing, basically right. br- bridging that gap. Cause you're out of answers yourself, you know,
1: it, it would be easy to map out his trajectory and like really convincingly argue that he's just like a dude trying to make his next, you know, hundred grand.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, who doesn't give a shit about the, the scrutiny and the ridicule. Right. Like who really yeah, it's doesn't.
1: Like, I, yeah, a guy who's, like, never embarrassed. He's yeah. like, I'll do it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I
0: don't, give a, I don't give a fuck. You're writing a check. Uh, <laughs> which
1: is another thing, like, you know, respect if that's true. I uh, mean,
0: that would be, that would be <laughs> like, kind. Of, that would kind of be, like, the happiest answer of this whole story, you know, like, in a weird way. Right. Because the, the other answers are, like, both equally terrifying, I think. Uh and that right. one is just like kind of funny and like sick, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, is he like another one of the hoaxers that we've talked about? Is he like this, you know, MK Ultra like fucking like plant, or like a product of MK Ultra, or is he like genuinely having these mystical experiences? I really, I just, I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh my god! This this movie is like visually very disturbing.
1: I love that I, I already said it but like yeah the effects in that movie I like really miss that kind of effect where it's like obviously a puppet but it's like still really fucked up
0: yeah what did um? who was it that asked Shre- or asked um Christopher was it Streber who, who like asked Christopher Walken um, why he was playing the role as a madman and Walken <laughs> yes. was basically like if it comes with the fucking territory man
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, I don't remember where I read about that, but it's in one of the books for sure, or or in an interview maybe.
0: Yeah, I definitely sent it to you recently. Like they were like, "Yeah, why did you why did you play the role as such a bombastic like raving lunatic?" And he's like, well, <laughs> "I mean, look at the fucking story, dude. Look at right. the fucking <laughs> story." Uh, yeah, I love
1: I love thinking that Christopher Walken like, indignantly, like, said that, like, how else am I supposed to play
0: it? <laughs> it's weird so far because, uh, season two, I feel like, started with one of our most positive and uplifting episodes, uh, the Aiden Walker interview. Uh-huh. Certainly, like, yeah. bar none, one of our most uplifting, in my opinion. Um, there were, were some other greatly, you know, positive ones for sure, but, um, yeah. Yeah, that one I felt was it was very powerfully uplifting, and and uh, then we kind of just took two dark turns with Schweinmann's uh, right. tr- Baphomet and and uh, Streiber's kind of uh, niche here. Yeah, Streiber's cubby. That sounds like fucking. Oh no! Yeah, a torture chamber or something.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's the Skinner box. <laughs> yeah, um... the
0: Streber cubby. <laughs> God, yeah.
1: Um, oh, God, I don't know. Yeah, the the Twyman episode. I feel like it's almost like I don't think they're anything alike, but I feel like they're they're like almost like thematically linked somehow. Well,
0: they're you like have th- the, we're talking about three people in in Twyman, Horsley, and Strieber. right? Who are all writing from. Uh, well I would say at least with Horsley and and Twyman you have two sort of like frantically um critical writers coming from a what most would consider to be a paranoid state um and you know Strieber I, I don't know I don't know that Strieber is paranoid but he's certainly like it's it's clearly disassociative writing um
1: yeah, I mean, leaving your body, I think it's like kind of an almost like two on the nose metaphor for like a dissociative psychological state. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot, you know, that happens quite a bit in, in Striever's writing. Um, and if not actually leaving his body, kind of like his body being like taken from him, like in terms of like a he's not able to move like yeah
0: sorry (laughs) yes yeah yeah are
1: you watching what's happening in communion
0: (laughs) i'm not gonna describe it but i think you know this the scene uh there's a lot of there's a lot of entities surrounding him right now i can't even believe this movie was like
1: are they dancing
0: made yeah they were dancing they were dancing. Um, oh man! Yeah. Quite a heady film. Yeah. Uh, that was
1: really fucking crazy. That was um,
0: fucking crazy. This and 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 uh, Fire in the Sky are like two. uh yeah. They kind of redefine the whole alien thing too, and bring on a sort of fear spectrum, which some would argue is part of the yeah. psyop. You know, like some somebody, right. somebody like Stephen Greer. I wonder what. I'm sure he's publicly spoken about Streber and stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just two, like, warring fucking snake oil salesmen.
0: Yeah, right.
1: It's like fucking Cobra Kai or something. Yeah. Um, But, I don't know. Streber is just like a big IDK. Like, but I'll still read that garbage.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Just kidding. Uh it's not it's actually like I feel like it's pretty spiritually like profound, even if it's like the the left hand path or something.
0: Mm-hmm. No matter what it is, I mean it's like undeniably culturally important. Like it's it's already made its mark, you know. Like you could say this guy's fucking ridiculous, but it doesn't matter. Like what whatever right. he he put out into the world here, um it, it's it's really made its uh its mark, it's imprinted culturally right. on the on the psyche, you know.
1: Um, I recently picked up a book, uh, really a, a horrible little book, um, the official alien abductees handbook by Joe Trapecian.
0: Oh, let's posted... let's save that for the Patreon. Well, yeah. Well,
1: we'll suffice we'll... it to say. Uh, we posted a picture of one of the illustrations of an alien sticking out its tongue, mm-hmm. and
0: we'll get it. We'll get into greater depth should, of that in the Patreon episode.
1: You think so? All right. So I guess you guys better sign up for the Patreon, uh, or you'll never hear about this literal joke book uh, yeah. about alien abductions.
0: So um. um Yeah, I have here a fresh copy of, uh, Outside the Circles of Time by Kenneth Grant. Um... Been reading a little bit of Sinister Forces, uh, Peter Lavenda, Making My Way Through the Dark Lord as well by Lavenda, um... Hell yeah. Fresh off some conflict between some writers and Peter Mm -hmm. Lavenda, so we're going to talk about some of that stuff in the Patreon and much more, um the dark side of the left-hand path, if there is a light side, um, and those kind of things, and more. Um, So consider signing up at the Patreon. We've been kind of... uh, We've been working our way through some different stuff there and getting some great feedback from our subscribers, so do check that out. Um, Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Patreon. Hello, patrons. Exclusive episode. Wow, yeah. Patreon. We really are kind of walking
1: all over each other tonight. <laughs> Patreon. Uh, yeah, welcome, patrons. Thanks for joining us after our Streber episode, which I guess we haven't listened back to it yet, so. But felt a little chaotic.